This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, uh, today is a really great don't miss podcast. Um, I teach you how to look at the news and use the decoder ring or the Rosetta Stone of the Great Reset, what it means and what you need to do about it. But I can explain like no one else can explain why did Remington settle and what that means for the gun industry? What really happened? If you know the Rosetta Stone, you see it a mile away. I explain on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to talk to you. I want to just share some words um, that come right from the mouths of the people who are um, leading this great reset and explain to you why this is so important that you take seriously. If someone threatens your life, if there's a neighbor that says, I'm going to kill you and your family and they're nuts, I mean, it'd have to be, but they're nuts. Do you do anything to take precautions just in case that nutty neighbor means it? Or do you just dismiss it? Want to take precautions. Right. Okay, what would you do? Maybe call the police, mm-hmm. lodge a complaint, mm-hmm. see if you can get a restraining order. Maybe if you really start to yeah, believe it. If it escalates a lot, you'd, yeah. You'd tell your family, don't go over to the neighbor's yard. Don't talk to them, right? Yeah, stay you'd, away. Correct. Mm-hmm. You'd be a fool not to. Right. Okay. When somebody is threatening your very way of life, your business, your money, your education, your children's right to choose where they're going to work, when they're going to fundamentally transform your life and you, in their own words, you will own nothing in 2030, should you take them seriously? I would. I would. Wait a minute. You're saying I'm not going to own the property that I already own? Could you explain more of that to me? And how do I, do I just give up my property? Am I selling it to somebody? What, what happens to the property I do have? Wait, you're going to, wait, hold it just a second. The only car company, the only car company that will be making a combustion engine by 2030 is maybe Bugatti. Ferrari, everything else will be electric. All cars will be electric by 2030. They won't be building the combustion engine. All cars. Now, that may be great. But can we just have a discussion on, you know, where are we plugging these in? And how are you generating the power? Because you're getting rid of fossil fuels. How are you generating enough power to power all these cars? 
Can we at least talk about that? You have to take people at their word. If they say they're going to do something, you're a fool not to take them at their word. This is this is uh, Schwab, um, Klaus Schwab, who runs the World Economic Forum to achieve a better outcome. He's talking about covid is easing. It's easing now, but anxiety about the world's so, uh, social and economic prospects is only intensifying. Why is it intensifying right now? Why are our fears of the future intensifying? Because inflation, one, do you know what you're going to be making next year and if it will be able to make ends meet if inflation continues to go up, which it will, do you have confidence or are your anxiety up a little bit? Okay, it's up. Why? Why is this happening? Well, if you understand the Great Reset, you know what's happening and why inflation is going up. If you look at your gas pump and you're like, how can I afford to pump gas? Your anxiety goes up. Sure. Why is it going up? Because of the people that believe in the Great Reset are trying to get rid of fossil fuels. And so they're making it impossible to find new fossil fuels and to make and, and refine those fossil fuels here in America. So they are causing that anxiety. So the people who are causing your anxiety are the ones saying that. Eh, it's going up, so we're going to be in a position here very soon to offer a solution. Now, first question, why would you give in to the solution that is presented by the people who caused the problem? Well, because you'll be in a position to where you won't know what the problem was. And you'll be at your end of your rope and they're offering a solution. And I don't know. It's okay. Do that. That's why. That's why you have to know about the great, great reset now. And you have to tell your friends about it. He says, so anxiety is going up and to achieve a better outcome. The world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp. All aspects of our societies and our economies, from education to social contracts and working conditions. Listen carefully. Every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, it's a great reset of capitalism. Okay, so we're going to change all aspects of our societies and our economies from education to social contracts. What could possibly go wrong with that? And you notice he did say you must. You must transform. From Greenpeace, another leader in the ESG world, we set up a new world order after World War Two. We're now in a different world than we were in then. And we need to ask, what should we be doing differently? The World Economic Forum has a big responsibility in that as well, to be pushing the Great Reset and to look how we can create well-being for people of all the earth. We need to design a better world based on solidarity and sharing. 
Solidarity and sharing and deciding how you protect people, both within nations and globally, it's crucial. We need to design policies that in line with, align with investment and people and the environment. But above all, the longer-term perspective is about rebalancing economies. What does that mean, rebalancing? That is a global shift of wealth. There are poor countries and rich countries. We need to get the rich countries to give money to the poor countries. And if you think, if you think the poor people are actually going to get our money and it's not going to just go to enrich the organizations and the people that are the elites, you're fooling yourself. They're doing these things through fear because they are afraid. Hear me out on this. I got to do a chalkboard on this, but let me just run it by you and see if it makes sense to you without a chalkboard. Tech, I'm going to play some audio for you next uh, next hour. YouTube said, just have the government. We will enforce the laws. Just tell us what's illegal speech and what's not. That's an amazing statement. Why would they do that? Government. Do you think the government fears you? I think it does. And I think it does because, A, they know what's really going on. They know what's happening in the financial market. They know what the world looks like for America in the future. And they know they've kind of caused a lot of it. And people don't like to be poor and hungry and have their country taken from them. So they're living in fear. It's why they're cracking down. That's why they're calling moms and dads terrorists. They've got to crack down. Finance. Do you think the banks are afraid? Well, I think the banks and the, and the Fed, they're so cushy. I don't know if they actually are afraid, but they... At the lower levels, they should be very afraid because we're on to them. And when our money is gone and they are the ones who got bailed out again and again and again, and they're fine and they're telling us what loans we can and cannot have, they are living in fear as well. Big business, media, I don't think those guys living in fear of just losing what they have alone. So if everybody's living in fear, doesn't it make sense that they would maybe work together and say, look, we're all in this boat together because the people are going to be angry and they're going to throw us out of office. They'll stop using our products. They're already not watching our TV shows. Tech knows with AI what's coming with unemployment, and they'll be blamed for it. You don't think tech, look how popular they are now. Can you imagine when there's 40% unemployment caused by AI and big tech? They all have reasons to say, we're all in this together. Let's redesign the world. We'll protect each other. We'll make sure that our lifeboat makes it to shore. But we just have to confuse all of the people that the rest of the people that are on the Titanic. We just have to confuse them enough. So I we get our lifeboat down in the water. That's what's happening. 
So now what do we do about it? There are a couple of things. One, you must know what the Great Reset is and how it works. It is the Rosetta Stone for everything that is going on. Two, you have to call your state legislators and get them to sign uh, and to develop a bill. I'm hoping that Idaho will have the best one. Kansas has a pretty good one. New Hampshire is working uh, with a lot of different states on their bill. This is spreading because of you. These legislators, these politicians have no idea what's going on. And the biggest pushback is these are free markets. It's not from the Democrats. It's from the Republicans. The Republicans are like, these are free markets. We don't have a right to say what free markets can do. This is not a free market. This is designed to stop the free market. This is designed to destroy capitalism. You're not protecting capitalism by not moving. You are actually helping destroy it. And the only answer we have is at the local and state level. These, the states can say to the banks, you can do any metric you want as long as it's related to person, a person's financial situation, their financial well-being. You can't use social credit scores to decide who you're giving a loan to. That stops. Some of the states are going a step further and they're going after and saying we're pulling all of our pension funds out of BlackRock. That's billions of dollars. If your state doesn't do it, California and New York are big pension holders. It's just like the curriculum. If California and New York decide what the curriculum is for their states, most likely the rest of the country is going to get it because they control it. We have to be in this fight now. Educate yourself. Educate your friends. Call your lawmakers locally. Tell your state reps and your state senators you've got to work on an anti-ESG bill. And know that you're probably going to have to educate them. Because most, most people don't know what it is. You're way ahead of the curve. You are critical at this point. Also, on the other side of the break, I'm going to give you one other thing to do. Uh, and nobody is talking about this, but it is essential that we rally around the Senate uh, and the GOPers that were on the banking committees. They walked out yesterday for a reason. You need to understand that reason and rally around them. I think they were just trying to buy time until people figured out what was going on. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. I want to take you down an unbelievable road uh, here for a few minutes. I don't know if you have seen uh, the reports now, but the CBC is combing through the illegally hacked database of Give, Send, Go donors. Okay, that's bad enough, but you need to understand the CBC is not like ABC. That's the Canadian broadcasting uh, company, and it is funded by the state. This is a state. This is like the BBC. 
it's all funded by the state. So they do the state's bidding. So now you have the CBC and journalists going through an illegally hacked database of donors that gave to the truckers up in Canada and emailing them, calling them, and asking them to explain themselves. And we should point out, the, the media keeps trying to justify this by using the term leaked. Like this was leaked data as if like it's a stolen. whistleblower came no, out from inside stolen. the company. It was hacked and stolen. Yeah. Remember, they wouldn't report on on uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop because it might not be his and they weren't sure it wasn't stolen. Well, we now know it wasn't stolen and it was his and it was his and they wouldn't touch that because we don't handle things. We don't do things that we don't know if it's been illegally obtained. Well, you know, this has. So now they are going through the two million dollars of donations and they're calling all of these donors why did you do it do you regret it i'm happy to say the donors are not afraid of the cbc and they're not afraid that the amazing thing is the donors that they have been calling have been saying yep i did it and i'd do it again why are you calling me how did you get my information their financial information is all known by the government because of the emergency orders. These guys also, by the way, because of the emergency act that Trudeau uh, imposed, they're comparing the blockades to terrorism. Hmm. Really? They say it's an emergency because the blockades by both persons and motor vehicles is occurring at various locations throughout Canada and continuing to threaten and oppose measures to remove the blockades. They say that they have the potential for violence. There is no violence. There was there. Somebody did ram a car into a bunch of people in a truck. That was an Antifa person. It wasn't the truckers. It was aimed to stop the truckers, an Antifa person. Have you even heard that? So they have to remove the continuing threats. Okay. They say the blockades have the potential for violence for the purpose of achieving a political or ideological objective within Canada. Now, what does that make them? If you are using tactics that are dangerous and you're trying to achieve a political goal, why that's terrorism. And if you gave to give, send, go, well, why you were funding a terrorist. Do you see how slippery this slope is? Now, the CBC is doxing. Twitter has come out and said, you know, they, you know, th- th- this is this is important information to have. I mean, you know, we have to have. Did anybody dox Antifa? Do you remember anyone calling Black Lives Matter people? Do you remember any stories? Because the New York Times has a story today about how. You know, they were meeting in closed door meetings in hotel rooms, planning all of this. These these are the people that were really planning it. Do you remember hearing any of that except 
on this show or a conservative program that talked about who the real leaders were, what happens to the money, where is it actually going? Why is it Black Lives or BLM Inc.? Who's incorporated this? We told you all that. They didn't find any any reason to because as they were burning cities to the ground, they said that wasn't violence. But sitting in your truck is violence. So Twitter is involved. The mainstream media is involved. And of course, we have YouTube. Let me play something, an interview that just happened. I think it was on Tide TV. It's a German uh, program. Here is the president of YouTube talking about freedom of speech. Listen. Cut nine. Well, first of all, I'll say that for, uh, you know, we, we work around the globe and you're right. Certainly there are many different laws in many different um, jurisdictions. And we, um, we enforce the laws of the various jurisdictions around speech or what's considered safe or not safe. Um, that's true for, for democratically elected governments. Um, it might get a little bit more complicated in, in non-democratically elected mm, governments. China, um, and, and for the most part, you know, so basically we, we enforce those laws. Um, that actually hasn't been the controversial part. What has been the controversial part has been when there is content that would be deemed as harmful, but yet is not illegal. Um, so an example of that, for example, would be COVID. Like, I'm not aware of there being you know, laws by governments saying around COVID in terms of not being able to debate the efficacy of masks or where the virus came from or the right treatment or proposal. But yet there was a lot of pressure and concern about us um, distributing misinformation that went against what was considered the standard and accepted medical knowledge. Um, mm. And so this category of harmful, but not, um, but, but legal has been, I think, where most of the discussion has been. Okay. So what do we do about that? Here's the next cut. Ten. We're not generating revenue for them. Then you know, that's a problem for our creators. Um, they create you know, beautiful and incredible content and we share the majority of revenue with them. So, um, yeah, so, th so basically that's like, you know, so I think governments like can, can always, you know, our, our recommendation if governments want to have more control over online speech is to, to pass laws okay. and have that be very cleanly and clearly defined such that we can implement it. Okay, They're good. That's, en that's enough. So what is she saying there? She, she was mentioning um, advertisers because she said advertisers start to pressure us and then we have to pull some speech down. So pressure from advertisers. Okay, so they put some speech down, but it would be so much easier if the government would just pass laws about speech, what is okay and what isn't. They're begging to do what they do in China. It's very easy in China. Takes all the worry out of YouTube. They can just sit there and make money. They don't have to worry about, geez, are we going to get backlash on this? We're going to be pulled into a hearing. They want the regulation on speech. Now, that sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? Sounds crazy. It would be like if a world leader liked dictatorships. 
That's crazy, right? Here's Justin Trudeau on dictatorships, especially China. Listen. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of of, uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, Because their basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, Stop. Find- now, they said that if Canadian Asians, uh, I think that should offend all Canadians. He, by the way, was running against Stephen Harper. I think he caught himself at the end. Remember, the question is, what do you most admire? And so he says, China. Because of their dictatorship, they can get things done. That's something you need to remember, because that is what this administration, what business, what YouTube, what Twitter, Facebook, all of them love about China. They can get things done. They'll just spend the money. Oh, we need to work on AI. Great. Take all of that money and pour it into that. We don't have any more money. Great. Just print some more. Put it in that. And they get things done. They like dictatorships because they're elite. They think they know better than the invisible hand of all of us. So you have crazy statements from the media saying that, you know, that they they want the government to be able to give them more direction and more laws Meanwhile, you've heard the New York Times talk about how dangerous the misinformation is from podcasts. They're going after podcasts. But what's happening on on radio? Man, it's like it's it's almost deafening the silence on talk radio, isn't it? Or is it? I want to play um a couple of cuts here. I'm actually going to only have time for one. So let me play the second cut of the uh, FCC commissioner that is now being questioned and will probably go through the the incredible radical. Uh, and you will see why I say that of Gigi Sohn, a possible next uh, commissioner of the FCC. Senator Sullivan. Sorry, Senator Sullivan. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I don't even know where to begin here. I, I, I too, am very disturbed. We had a discussion last hearing, Ms. Son, on your tweets. Um, and, and look, this, we're not nominating you for any normal assistant secretary. You're, the FC, you're going to be an FCC commissioner, enormous power. What's his name? Uh, particularly as it relates to free speech, particularly as it, it actually re- relates to liberty in our country. And I think Senator Scott raises some really important points, which is I don't see how you can be unbiased. Um, Fox News is state-sponsored media, propaganda. Republicans know the only way they can win an election is to suppress the vote. These are yours. Uh, here's a retweet. Your raggedy white supremacist president and his cowardly enablers would rather kill everybody than stop killing black people. 
That's a retweet. Damn, that's, that's way out there, right? I mean, do you think most Republicans are racist and white supremacists? Absolutely not, Sam hey, Sullivan. That's kind of what you're reading. Re- no, I don't. I, I, I'm not familiar with that tweet, but I'm remember, happy to look at it. You remember retweeting that one? I do not. I've, okay. I've tweeted probably 10, over 10,000 times, so I don't mm. remember. Look, I think the average okay, American, stop. whether you're. All right. You don't retweet something like that without comment unless you're. You know, unless you agree with it or you're drunk. And even if you're drunk, I know I'm an expert. I'm an alcoholic. Even if you're drunk, all that all that alcohol does is lower your inhibitions. It doesn't make you a racist. It takes down the shield that you put up to make sure that people don't think that about you. So even if that was a drunk retweet, that's very revealing. So you have social media clamping down. You have um, the FCC getting ready to clamp down. You have the Department of Homeland Security last week issuing the terrorism threat to the U.S. uh, homeland is based on actors that seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions and encourage unrest and could potentially inspire acts of violence. Notice that is exactly what Justin Trudeau says about the truckers, that they could potentially inspire violence. The greatest threat to the nation, the greatest threat to the nation are those people that are proliferating false or misleading narratives which so discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Well, gang, that's anybody who doesn't play along with their game. That is why parents are now terrorists if you stand up against uh, CRT. No. Take them at their word. If it's gone from, remember, first is is nudge, then shove, then shoot. Well, where is the line? Once you're deemed a terrorist, what can they not do to you? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I'm going to explain a couple of stories that may have made your head explode. But if you understand the Rosetta Stone of today's world, the Great Reset, you will understand and you will see how close it is coming for you. Last night, I was on the plane and I was coming home from meeting with legislators uh, about the Great Reset and ESG. And like every other person that I have met, they knew very little about it. And if you don't understand this, this is the knockout punch. This is the knockout punch. And I have yet to walk into a room of people who really know what ESG even means. The ESG standards are environmental, social, social justice, and governance. And it will change everything in your life. Now, let me explain the Remington story 
and you will understand. I'm going to give you a couple stories. It'll blow your mind. You will get it. Okay. Remington Arms. They were sued by uh, the Sandy Hook parents. Now, we know the gun is not responsible. It's not responsible for killing. Guns don't kill people. People use guns or they use baseball bats. And any gun company will fight this one all the way to the Supreme Court. Why? Because if the gun company can be held responsible, well, then they're going to probably go out of business. And I'll explain that in a second. Okay. Everybody say they'll be more responsible. No, they won't. They will go out of business. I'll tell you why. So yesterday, Remington Arms reached a settlement worth $73 million with the families of victims killed in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. Now, when I first heard that, I said, excuse me, what? They reached a settlement? How? Why would Remington do that? Didn't make any sense until I got, you know, to a lower altitude as we were landing and I could Google the board of Remington Arms because my initial thought was, who have they put on the board that is a great resetter? Who have they put on the board of Remington Arms? And I found out then there is no Remington Arms. They're out of business. Okay, they, they're defunct. They were broken up into a bunch of little companies. And I, my next question was, then who sell? Oh, my gosh. Who settled? The insurance companies settled. Now, what do we know about the insurance companies? The Great Reset. The gun argument. Well... We know that the government and the financial institutions uh, in New York, for sure, but it has been happening elsewhere, but out in the open in New York, they have been pressuring banks. Don't do business with any gun companies because that well, that'll make us have to look into you guys because maybe you're not trustworthy because we think there's some things wrong with gun companies. Okay, so they started the financial sector, started to do this before ESG. But they also pressured the insurance companies. This is too big of a risk on you. Stop insuring these people and you will stop gun manufacturing and sales. So now $73 million has been settled by the insurance companies. You know, anybody who believes in the Second Amendment would have fought that to the Supreme Court and would have won. This can't be reversed now because it's a settlement. You can't bring it to the Supreme Court. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean more litigation for other gun companies. It means that now insurance companies have to look at every gun company and say, are we willing to risk this? Because they're all going to be brought into court and we may have to we may have to settle. We may have to, you know, staff up our attorneys for anyone who's ever been killed by a gun. Uh, First of all, gun companies, your rates for insurance have just gone through the roof. Gun stores, your insurance is going to go through the roof. If they even insure you. And ESG 
is saying no to insurance. That is what's happening. This is an end run around the Second Amendment. It was settled by insurance companies. Insurance companies are being leaned on by the government and the banks and ESG not to do any business. They've just allowed the rates to go through the roof and an excuse on why they can't insure gun companies or gun stores. Guarantee you that's what that story is about. Another story that broke yesterday. Big oil and the climate crisis, the fight to hold PR firms accountable. So do you remember last year, the House had a hearing where they brought in all of the in, they brought in all of the oil guys. And they're like, what are you done for global warming? Because you're just setting the whole planet on fire. Remember that? Well, um, uh, what's her name? Rhymes with baloney. Carolyn Maloney. Uh, she is the chair of the Committee on Oversight and Reform. At the end of that, she issued subpoenas to ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP America, Shell, and the American Petroleum Institute, also, strangely, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, for documents. And the documents were regarding climate, including marketing, advertising, and public relations material. Now, here's the story in Bloomberg. See if any of this is answered with the Great Reset. Campaigners say this step foreshadows a showdown between lawmakers and PR executives, with the latter expected to be called on as witnesses to the fossil fuel industry's climate disinformation campaign. The industry's climate disinformation campaign. You hear how Bloomberg is already phrasing this? If you're against global warming, you are engaged in a disinformation campaign. I go back to the Department of Homeland Security. What's the biggest threat of terrorism? People who are engaged in disinformation campaigns. All you need to say to anybody who's astute, you're engaged in your company is engaged in a disinformation campaign. And you're like, no, I, I'm just a PR company. We handle everyone. Well, do you? The reason they've been quoting the article, the reason PR companies have been so invisible for so many years is by design. Their strategic power has come from remaining behind the scenes. And I think that's one reason we have mistakenly see these firms as neutral. Uh, wow. Okay. So now a PR firm, you better be careful who you take on as a client or you will be deemed disinformation. You better be careful, not as an insurance company to take on uh, gun companies because you could be sued. And if you do, I'm not sure the bank is going to give your company a loan because you're entering risky territory by insuring these people. That's probably a bad bet. This is the Great Reset. This is not capitalism. Anyone who says this is capitalism, you need to tell them firmly, no, this in their own words is to destroy and replace capitalism. This is fascism. This is not the free market. 
This is these are people who believe they know better and they lean on people. You're going to do it our way or you're going to be out. We give you one more story. And I can't find it. That sucks. Oh, uh, here it is. I'm sorry, because I'm looking at the deal. And I'm seeing one that just says avocados. And I'm like, What's, what is that? Okay, avocados. Avocados have now been stopped because somebody in inspections was yelled at by uh, a Mexican as they were inspecting the, and it was, it was so bad, it went all the way to the White House. This guy was yelled at and treated poorly and unfairly. And so the White House said, hey, you better not treat our, our inspectors and say naughty things to them. We're stopping all avocado imports. That's literally what they say it's caused by. A spat between a Mexican and a U.S. government official. Really? Really? The president of Mexico says, no, that's not it. We can't sell avocados to the United States until we bend our will to Joe Biden on environmental issues. Hmm. That one makes a little more sense than, oh, dad, he called me a name. This is fascism. Na, 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 na.